This is Lindsay Swoboda, and you're listening to the Choosing Brave podcast. Dreams change. What happens next? May these stories and honest conversations shed light on times where we feel uncertain and explore what it means to show up to our lives and choose brave. Zaida is a Colombian-born and raised photographer, Navy wife, and mom to a crazy curious toddler and a nine-year-old stubborn Scotty dog. She loves photographing almost everything, traveling, reading, and eating way too many sweets for her own good. She has lived in four different countries and traveled to a few more, but her travel bucket list just keeps on growing every day. Zaida dreams of adding more pins to her world map, if her unnecessary collecting of fandom-related items allows it and she definitely wants to steal your dog. Zaida, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lindsay, thank you for having me. Yeah, and what we didn't include in your bio is Zaida and I met because she was my upstairs neighbor in Korea. I distinctly remember being wowed by your, your shark steamer mop and going on <laughs> like as many adventures as we could because at that time we were both um, babyless wanderers I'm just living our best lives in Korea. So I'm, yeah, I'm just, she's got this spirit of adventure and just a way um, that she sees the world that I can't wait for you guys to hear today. Um, So let's dive right in. Zaida, you have had many brave chapters in your life. So I want to start with your journey with your husband, Fred. You are both native Colombians. And I wanted to clarify this with this, with you. You're also now a U.S. citizen. Yeah, I am. I became a citizen um, a couple of years ago. I had to like take my test and do everything in Rome, which is hilarious. That's so exciting. Yeah, I'm a Colombian who became an American citizen in Italy. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And I know that you waited a long time to be together with Fred. And you also took a really huge leap of faith moving to America. Can you just take us through that time in your life? Um, so yeah, so uh, Fred and I met here in Colombia um, through mutual friends when we were, I was 14 and he was 15. And um, we quickly became like really close friends. And then him and his family moved to the States. And uh, we kept in touch online and stuff and he would come visit and stuff. And in one of those visits, eh, we kind of got together and um, we embarked on a long distance relationship. Okay. And then he left again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, after about a year of long distance, he proposed. And um, so, yeah, we got married after a year and a half without seeing each other. Wow. And yeah, so we planned the wedding so we could, so he would deploy right after the wedding. So we thought, oh, that would give us time for the paperwork for the green card to come through while he's deployed. So I could go join him after deployment. Well, that did not happen. And Mm -hmm. it took a year and nine months after we got married for my paperwork to come through so I could uh, move and go live with him. So if I'm doing the math right, you guys were almost apart for three years. Almost. Oh my gosh. And he's three years and some change. I just realized I know this, but um, not everyone listening knows this. Fred is active duty Navy. Yeah, he is active duty Navy. Yeah. Okay. So what happened after 
the one year and nine months and almost three months of, or excuse me, and almost three years of waiting. Um, so yeah, so paperwork came through. I got on a plane, moved to Virginia. He okay. was stationed in Norfolk at the time. Um, he had set up a little townhouse for us. I get there. <laughs> and after a week of my first time being in the States, I didn't drive. I didn't know anyone. After a week of being there, he went on their way for a month. Oh my gosh. I, I developed a very unhealthy relationship with Netflix at okay. that time. Right. Because you're like, here I am. Did you speak English at that point? I did. Um, okay. I, I, my parents, like, they put me in a bilingual school since I was three years old. Yeah, that's so, so lucky. Uh, yeah. So I've, I've been learning English since I was a child. Mm -hmm. So yes, I spoke English, but it was, you know, foreigner English. Like I didn't know any mm -hmm. of the lingo and the slang and the stuff. So it, it was still an adjustment. Right. And you're dropped off in this house. And not only are you entering the culture of America for the first time, you're also entering the culture of military life which I mean, I'm not a foreign national. And just for me, I remember my first move to our like first duty station together. I just felt like everything is strange. It's acronyms. There are rules on base. There are things you're supposed to wear. There are things you're not supposed to wear. There are things you're allowed to say and things you should never say. And it's like, you just, it's so um, kind of a polarizing experience because you're trying to fit in, but it's really hard to find your people. So what did you do after that first month? So um, he made me go to an FRG meeting okay. where I met some great people and some not great people. Sure. Um, but the, one of the great women that I met, she forced me to go to a compass class. Okay. And that's where I learned like my Navy basics. Sure. And, and so... For yeah, all so of our for all of our non-military listeners, just so you guys know, FRG is a family readiness group. So they're set up to help us connect with one another. They're kind of like our like our school counselor, right? That are like checking in on you. Wouldn't you say that's a fair description of them? And, and then give you information. Yes, yes. Um, and kind of hook you up with the groups that will help you out because we have to move so often. It's lucky that we, they know we need these programs to guide us. And then Compass is probably like, Marine Corps has links. I don't know what the Army has. Everybody has something that's like the Navy and Marine Corps for dummies class. Like how you fit in and like this understand this life. what these letters mean. <laughs> yeah. Here's what these letters mean and what you're supposed to do with them. Okay. So you went and did the Compass class. And what happened after that? Uh, well, I just started living my life in Virginia. I did not start working then yet. Mm -hmm. I would just be a housewife and waited for him to come home and kind of started learning my way around um, town. Just, I had learned to drive in Colombia, but it's very like roads and rules are very different. So I started mm -hmm. like getting the hang of it. Um, as a foreigner in the first time in the States, Target was just heaven. So I would just go to Target a lot to just, you know, kind of explore. I explored a lot. Okay. Just kind of settling in. And yeah. once I was settled, we got orders to Georgia. <laughs> okay. Of course. Yeah. Right when you know what you're doing, it's time to go somewhere else. Yes. And how long was the Georgia chapter for you? Um, so it was supposed to be three years we bought a house and everything and then two years in 
we got a surprise PCS to South Korea. Yay, which I'm so happy You about. have to be in South Korea in a month. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Yeah, which of course I'm delighted by because that's how I know you. Um, so I'm happy your plans got, you know, thrown to the wind. Um, well, I know personally, because I have been lucky to see your work for many years, you are an exceptional photographer. Oh, thank you. So, well, it's easy to say that because, and, and you're just also really passionate about it. So when did this passion for photography begin? Let's start there. Um, so, well, um, growing up, there was always a camera around me. Um, my mom is far from a professional, but she's like obsessed with capturing moments, okay. with like documenting life. So there was always a camera around me since I was a child. But the true passion began when I was around 16 and I mm -hmm. got my very own camera as a gift. Mm -hmm. And I would just start shooting everything and anything and everything I saw, like I just saw beauty in like the most mundane things. I just loved it. And what so, was yeah, your- I wanna say 16. 16, what was that first camera? Like, do you um, remember like the kind it was that an was- it was okay. like it was cheap it was my uncle gave it to me as a gift it was his before and he upgraded and he just okay. gave it to me and it was just like a compact olympus okay does that mean like was it still film or was it like digital it was a, a digital one. okay it was a digital one. i'm aging myself here because my first camera was definitely film <laughs> Well, the ones I was using before getting that were film. Oh, okay. That like makes my me mom, feel better. My mom's cameras were, were film. And yeah. I own several film cameras still. Yeah. Because after I got into it, I bought film stuff because I right. love film too. Yeah. It's really yeah. like an interesting medium, I'm sure, to play with the different, the different things. Well, when was your pivot point when you said yes to transforming your passion for photography into a business? So... This took a lot of coercing from um, other people because, you know, I, it's hard to admit this, but I never felt I was good enough to charge. So I would like photograph friends and family just for fun, but never charge a dime to anyone. So when I moved to Korea and I started meeting people, this was around May, 2013. I started like meeting people and stuff. Um, you know, Victoria, of course, shout out to Victoria. Yes. She's another photographer, wonderful. Um, she started like pushing me and telling me, you're good enough. You're good enough. You, you can do this. You, you are worth it. And I will be forever thankful for her. Mm -hmm. So one day um, I posted a photo of Seoul Tower with uh, cherry blossoms around it. And this wonderful army wife named Amy wanted to buy it on the spot. Wow. Like I would want to buy this and have it huge in my house. Will you sell it to me? So I did. I sold the file to her and she had it printed. And that was like my first ever photography sale. Um, I worked at a photo studio before, but mm -hmm. it was like one of those Kmart photo studios. It wasn't really, I had to do what they told me to. Like it was never my art. So that was my first true sale of mm -hmm. my art. And then Amy, a couple of weeks after receiving her, her photo, she asked me, hey, do you do family photos? And I said, 
I've done them, but I've never, like, not professionally. She's like, I want you to photograph my family. And it rolled from there. Like, I photographed her family. We had an amazing time. I think we had, like, three more sessions after that. Mm -hmm. And she just, like, pinged me out to all of her friends. And that's, like, I owe a big part of my career to her. Because she's the one, like, that believed in me enough to to tell me, I want you to photograph my family. Right. Yeah, that's wonderful. I also feel like that's a testament to our community, too which makes me feel happy that I feel like people see each other's gifts and then want to help push them forward in that. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I mean, I, and we're going to put the picture of soul tower on our Instagram and in the show notes so that you guys can all see it. Um, cause it is stunning. Um, it, well, I just feel like you too, like, how did you, I'm going off our questions. I sent you here, your <laughs> warning. How did you start I mean, I feel like you have a natural eye for how things need to be framed, but how did you learn how to work with people like in family shoots? Cause I mean, right. Like I have a preschooler, like we're never all looking at the camera, like people are running around. Like how did you kind of develop your technique for working with people? I owe a lot of customer service to that Kmart studio job. Okay. I was there for a year and, um, they didn't teach me a lot of art, but they did teach me how to treat people and like some tips and tricks to get them settled and comfortable in front of the camera. So a lot of customer service came from there. And then the rest is experience, like just doing it over and over and over again and kind of trying to read like when people are comfortable, when people asking them, have you had photos taken before? Is this your first time? And then kind of engaging with them, with their experience with photography. I like to ask, and this is, this is something that unfortunately is part of our society. I do ask my female um, clients, is there a part of you that you like enhanced or hidden? And I post them that way. And it's just little bits and pieces that come together as you go and meet people. And it just goes from there. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. And also fun to pick your brain on that because I never knew how you were doing that. <laughs> I also like that the job, you know, we all start with those jobs, you know, that we think maybe aren't our best moment. And then, but yet there's still something to learn from that. You know, even yeah. if it's just like, well, I don't want to do this job forever. But the fact that it taught you customer service is I think just like a testament to like show up and do the work. You never know. Yep. Yeah. Well, You've also lived many interesting places besides Korea. Um, I got to visit you in one of those other stunning locations. So, and we both share the same passion for traveling and seeing the cultures around us. But I also think you take that to a whole other level. I want to know some of your favorite travels and just tell us about why traveling sets your soul on fire. And one of the reasons I know you're so good at this is because I mean, I know I was doing this in Korea too, that I took a lot of trips without my spouse because he couldn't go. Sometimes they just can't go, but not everybody feels that way. And then sometimes depending on how they are, I think people can get stuck, not ever going anywhere. Like if we wait for this perfect moment, it's not going to happen. 
And I think you just really embrace, like, I want to go do this thing. My spouse is supporting me. I'm doing it. So share some of that, just like travel wonder with us. Well, I think, I think it's really hard to pick favorites because every place I have visited, it has stolen a piece of my heart. And um, so the experiences have been different and, but some of my favorite ones, let's see, I want to say London was okay. one of the greatest ones um, because I went to that one with Fred and he, um, he has been making my dreams come true since like we met and I got to take him for his birthday to watch his favorite soccer team play at their stadium. So that was amazing to experience with him. Um, I think one of the top ones was uh, going to Romania. Mm -hmm. I went uh, to Romania with a friend, with a girlfriend for a whole week. And we went to Transylvania and we spent Halloween night in Dracula's castle. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. (laughs) That's like one of like the top ones. Like I'm never going to top Halloween night in like actual, like Vlad (laughs) Impaler's castle. there's, There's no, there's, there's no going further from that. And then um, I think also Budapest was fantastic because we went there knowing nothing about it. We just, the tickets were cheap. Let's go for it. We did not know a single word in Hungarian. We did not know anything about the city, anything about the food. And it has been one of the most um, pleasant surprises I've ever gotten. Like, I just never wanted to leave. And we went in um, in the middle of summer where everyone was going to, like, the iconic places, Paris, Rome. So we just went, like, let's go to a, to a quiet down, to a low-key one. So we had the city to ourselves. And it was just amazing to just wander and experience it without crowds. And it was just gorgeous. And then in, let's see, there's my, my most recent one was uh, Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada. Okay. Um, and I think that one was very memorable because it was like the first international trip besides coming to visit family in Colombia that we did with our son. Yeah. So that one was a great one that we got to do and experience together. Yeah. Like what's, uh, what pushes you to travel? Um, it's just eye-opening and humbling and experiencing like a world outside your own bubble, you know. Um, I have a curious soul by nature. So every step that I take in a foreign road, every bite of a different food, every building or like landscape that I've never seen before just feeds that soul. I just feel like every new adventure I choose to go on is like, it's like a piece of a puzzle that I never knew I had inside of me. Yeah. Oh, Zaida, that's so beautiful. That's like the quote we're going to pull oh, for this interview. <laughs> it's like the piece of the puzzle I didn't know was inside of me. No, you just summarized like how I feel about traveling. You know, that like you arrive at a place and you feel home everywhere I didn't in know the world. I was missing this. Yeah. Like you walk in and you, you see a place that you've only looked at in photos and you're like mesmerized by it. And you didn't know you were missing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You nailed it. That's it right there. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay. Well, 
the mantra for this podcast is dreams change what happens next. What do you think happens after dreams change? And can you take us through how some of yours have changed over time? So for me, it's like a bittersweet moment when dreams change because it's, it's letting go of goals and ideals you had set for yourself. And that can be extremely hard to do, but we have to do it in order to make room for new ones. So there's always that moment of doubt, um, whether changing paths and making choices that reshape those dreams is the right decision. But sometimes there is just no choice and we have to roll with it. Like basically you just do it because you have to at that yeah. point. Um, some of my dreams that had that have changed. Well, for starters, um, I went to law school for four years. <laughs> so there's that that didn't work out. <laughs> um, that's one of the biggest ones, um, the shift in career choices. But um, I am happy to have like being able to work in what my true passion is, which I would have never been able to do in Colombia because um, photography is not an art that is like really appreciated here. Okay. So um, that was a good one that changed for me mm-hmm. because I it, it wasn't even ever a dream for me working in photography because it never like seemed possible. Um, I do always dream that my photography business would be like more successful and take off. And always when I'm at that point that I almost have the business I've dreamed of, we have to move again. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But you've left families at every place that you photographed with memories like you get to capture people for a snapshot in time that they're going to hold on to those forever and that's not a skill everyone has like I hire photographers because I can't (laughs) capture my family like in a way that I want to put on my wall so um well thank you for supporting the arts (laughs) yes always girl I'll support you photography like with all your photography it, it just keeps spreading like the writing you know as I'm like writing from the margins up here but, um, okay, sorry, let me get back on track here. Do you think, obviously, like, so you went to, to school, to law school. Yep. And I want to know, do you hold any regrets, like, moving forward with your life? Like, I feel like both of us can feel regretful with the fact that we have to move so often, right? Like, right when you're at that point where you're, you're getting close to your, your peak, you know, thing that you think you're going to reach at that post and then you have to move like sometimes that's my regret is just when I'm getting comfortable I gotta pick up and start all over again well as grateful as I am for the the life that I've been given um there's there there is one regret I always have and like this is not a secret for anyone like my husband knows this everybody knows this um I always regret skipping the living alone part of my life Like I went from living with my parents to married, living with my husband. Mm -hmm. And I often wonder um, what it would have been like to just have my own small apartment and cover it from like floor to ceiling with pink appliances and (laughs) crap, just um, to work and come home and like take care of myself and just be a place that would be my own and only mine I 
I've always, I've always wondered, like, I always regret like. a little bit having skipped that part of, of life that I feel is so important to finding yourself. Yeah. I really love that you shared that with us. Thank you. Like that seems like just a really interesting part to think about of our story. And it makes me think about mine too, you know, and just, I lived a, alone one year. <laughs> Better than no year. <laughs> Better than no years. So I do understand it though. Cause I remember like, it was just this crappy basement, like flat apartment, you know, whatever I could afford in college. And my mom and I like separated it into rooms with curtains because there was like, no, it was just a big old open space. Um, but I do remember that feeling of like coming home and it was my spot. Um, because after ate, that, like I've never had it before. Yeah. You ate that. what you wanted. You watched what you wanted. You did what you wanted. Yeah. And you had to answer no questions. And it was yeah, just a part of life that it, I feel is, is a little bit necessary. Right. Well, how going back to our dreams and how they change, how would you encourage people to move forward um, with a dream and aspiration, like either moving on from it because it's no longer serving them um, or moving forward with it because it's their next right step? I think the most important part of moving on with um, a dream is letting yourself grieve that dream, like the dream that you lost before regrouping and refocusing on the new one. I think, I think is, um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being sad about a lost illusion. And I think that the healthiest way to welcome something new in your life is letting yourself feel what you lost when you let go of a dream. I think that's just necessary. Because that's when like regrets come out five years later because you didn't let go the right way. I don't yeah. know. That's just that's just the way I see it. Like let let yourself grieve what you right. thought you have. Yeah, no, I, I think that is a perfect way to put it. And I feel like I say that a lot too. Um just moving or being in a different career or seeing what's available um in the new place I'm living. It's like I have to let go of the life I had before you know, because it's, it has to look different here. You know, it has to be a new normal. So it is easier if I can maybe never, it's never easier, but it is better if I can like acknowledge the things that I'm going to miss and move and then give myself the space to move forward. So what does this latest season of life look like for you? And what are some of your current creative goals? Well, right now, um, I moved back to Colombia, South America, I moved back with back in with my mother and her two roommates. She has she lives with two other ladies, and I'm sharing a room with my toddler. Um, my husband, he's having back to back underways, like month and a half long underways, and like leading up to a seven month deployment. So it was gonna be about a year that we would see each other, maybe a week. Oh my so gosh. we decided. We decided I had like no family and not really close, close friends um, back in Washington. So we decided we would like pack up the house, put our favorite belongings in a storage unit, um, sell or give away what we didn't need. We sold the cars. 
we gave back the house and I flew here with my kid and my dog and I'm just spending time with family here. Um, it was part um, emotional decision and a financial one. Um, so the emotional part is my son will get to experience his whole family here. My mom and my dad live a block away from my in-laws. So my child has his four grandparents within a block. What a gift. Yeah. And all of his cousins are here. We've been here two weeks and he's already learned like so many new words and so many new things. And he's just learning like leaps and bounds since we got here, just getting him to hang out with um, his cousins and his family. So we did it mostly for him. Mm -hmm for him to be able to experience all that love that he was missing out on over there. And also it's the financial part, like, you know, the exchange rate from dollar to pesos is like kind of crazy. And so we're hoping to save for a house. So this like not having cars, not having to pay um, rent, utilities, um, insurance, all of that stuff, will help us in the goal of buying a house. Yeah. So, so it'll, be, it'll be a sacrifice, but the way I see it is I'd rather miss him here than miss him over there. I totally understand that. And you know, we had kind of two back to black, back to black, we had, <laughs> we had two back to back deployments when I found out I was pregnant and then I had our daughter. And then when she was four months old, Ryan left again and I didn't move back completely, but I traveled like that whole time. Like it probably would have been smarter if I had just like gotten out of Hawaii and gone. Cause I, you know, I traveled so much and just needed to be around. Like I had good friends in Hawaii, but I needed to be with the people that just like could love on me the most and love on her because yeah. I was feeling so down there by myself. Like every day felt like endless you know, that then moving back with my family, I just remember all the meals we ate together. It was just so nice to be like, there are people talking to me, not just like <laughs> me trying to talk at my toddler and being yeah. nervous that she's like not getting enough conversation because I've not just run enough. out of things to say. Yeah. Yep. So I know it's going to be um, a challenging year, but you guys are brave to make the right choice for your family right now. Yeah. Like that's all all of us can hope for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are some of your current creative goals? Are you going to keep doing photography in Colombia right now? So or? the actual business part is on hold. Like okay. I'm not marketing myself or like putting myself out there, but if anyone asks, I will like photograph them. Um, I'm doing it for family and, um, and for friends. Um, my son's godmother just found out she's pregnant so I'm gonna be here throughout her whole pregnancy so we're gonna do photos of that so I'll be I'll be shooting from the heart while I'm here um I'm also looking at a creative uh project with product photography with my cousin but that's another that's a story for another time sure and um mostly I just want to like fine-tune my craft practice a little capture as much as of my hometown as I can and um, I just practice more of my editing skills. 
also I have a huge backlog of unedited photos <laughs> yeah. to get through because when you do this for a living, your clients come first and you're so like focused on delivering to them that your personal photos go to the back burner. So I had a ba I have a, a big backlog of travel photos that I need to edit and possibly we'll be blogging them. So just, just taking time to be creative for myself yeah. rather than for business. What a great like sabbatical year, you know, yeah. to look at it from the sense of like personal growth. Um, yes. So often we don't ever get the chance to do that. So I think this is exciting for you. It is. Yeah. Well, Zaida, when do you feel brave? So brave, brave is a hard word for me, you know, mm -hmm. because it's almost like sometimes I feel like I don't deserve that word because I feel like a big part of all of the changes and all of the things that we've been gone through, I feel like they've been a privilege rather than a hardship, mm -hmm. like getting to move so many times and seeing so many places. I feel sometimes like it's more of a privilege for me, even with the hard parts, but brave looks different on all of us. So I guess for me, I feel brave whenever I have to face change head on and roll with whatever may come. Yeah. I, again, you've given me a lot to think about. I love <laughs> that you are looking at your changes as a privilege. Like how much different would we feel about the things that come into our life and shake us if we can look at it like that? Well, I, I just growing up in a small city and, um, my family didn't have much growing up. I mean, we had enough, we were fine, but we didn't have extra to travel or to get out of town or do things like that. We had enough to live and we were fine, but there was an extra for travel. So I never really thought I would get out of Colombia the way I've done it. So for me, it's, it has been truly like a privilege that yeah. rather than, than just, oh, damn it, I have to move again, yeah. you know? Right. So, so I, I sometimes feel like I don't deserve that word, but I mean, it's been hard sometimes. So maybe, maybe a little <laughs> brave, maybe a little. Maybe just a scotch of brave, a dash maybe of brave. Just, maybe just well, I think you're brave in just the way that you're able to look at your life like that. I think you have a lot of self-awareness to know where you came from and where you're at now and shining a light on the opportunities you've had because of the choices you've made. Like that's a huge mental place to put yourself in. That's so positive. I think it's framed everything you've done to this point because you, every place you go, you're just like living your best life. I, mean, <laughs> I love watching um, just you be you because I feel like you're someone that just lives life very zealously and I'm, I'm so encouraged by that. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. In which way, like, how would you encourage listeners to choose brave for themselves? Um, so it's a cliche, but there's, there's no better advice than just taking it one step at a time. Yeah. Um, the changes that are thrown at us, like they may seem overwhelming at times, but I just like remembering that it is easier to regret not doing something than it is having done it and knowing what the outcome was like just don't let your lives be full of what ifs 
that's I think that's the best advice I can give someone. Yeah, that's good advice. And we've got another side of t-shirt coming your way. Don't be, don't let your life be full of what ifs. This is awesome. Seriously. Okay. I am going to give you three to five quick, fun questions. So this is your, I know this is your lightning round that I didn't prepare you for because I just want you to give like the fastest answer you can. Um, and of course I wish I had written the five questions down now. Cause now I got to come up with them off the top of my head. So let's do it. Okay. Um, favorite way to play with photography, like tomorrow, if you had to choose, and I'm going to show my ineptitude of photography terms here right now, <laughs> would you rather do macro photography or like a whole session in black and white? Black and white. Okay. All right. And macro is when it's like a tiny raindrop or is that? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Macro gives me a headache. I love it, but it messes with your eyesight pretty bad. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. Um, Are you drinking coffee or tea in the morning? Coffee. Okay. But Um, not every day. (laughs) But not every day. Coffee, coffee wires me pretty bad. And also I like it really sweet. So I tend to drink coffee just when I need it rather than it's not a routine for me. Right. If you could go back and eat any meal, what would it be? Like from your travels? Oh my gosh. Um, I know your love of Buffalo mozzarella. So, oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Like fresh from the farm, Buffalo mozzarella would be it. Is it? Yeah, good. I knew that one. You knew that one. Because they have it here. They have buffalo mozzarella here, but it's it's imported. Sure. So it's not like straight fresh from the farm. And I'm no cheese snob. I love all cheese, but there's definitely something special about the fresh from the farm that you just go to the cheese shop and they just brought in and you yeah. It's it's different. Yeah. Like that, that would definitely be it. I did have an amazing squid ink risotto in Venice too. Mm. So that one was a great one as well. Yeah. If you could take a walk tomorrow, are you going to be on the beach or on a mountain path? Beach. Okay. Um, definitely. definitely always beach. Not always, but I mean, I, if I open this window, the beach is right there. So oh, that's so lucky. So, I'm going to go for a walk in the mountain because that's what I look at. So. It's convenient. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I want to ask, oh, here's my last one. What is your, you collect fandom. Yes. First describe to me what that means. So a fandom is basically the name that's been given so, to when people are really like nerds about something. Okay. So like Star Wars fans, that's a mm-hmm. fandom. Okay. Uh, Harry Potter, that's a fandom. Supernatural, that's a fandom. Mm-hmm. So, like, if somebody asks you, what's your fandom? And you say, oh, I'm a Potterhead. You like, you like Harry Potter. I like Doctor Who. I'm a Whovian. So, it's basically something pop culture that you obsess over. Okay. That's fandom. So, what's your have- favorite fandom piece? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Woman, it's giving you the hardest one I could think of. My favorite fandom piece is a copy of the Killing Joke book 
that is a Alan Moore comic book. It's a Batman and the Joker book. Okay. That's my favorite. I can't Absolutely. wait to go look this up. She also has this photo of her child dressed as a tiny Jon Snow, right? Is he Jon yes. Snow? Yes, my mom made that costume. It and, is um, incredible. Yeah. And one of my friends gave him the little direwolf uh, stuffed toys, so I just had to. It's the best. I also just did his photos dressed as um, Georgie from the Eat, from Stephen King's It movie. Oh my I gosh. just did those for Halloween as well. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can we link to those too? Oh, absolutely. They're yeah. on my Instagram and on my Facebook Ooh, page. We will find them. Well, I was going to say the one fandom thing I did was um, my daughter's first Halloween because she was so tiny. They don't know. I was Khaleesi and she was my baby dragon. So, Amazing. but she, we were in Hawaii though. So she only wore like the dragon head because it was yeah. too hot to wear the body of the costume. Yeah. So I was like, well, I have to relinquish this dream a little bit. Yeah. My, my kid, we're here in Cartagena where it's like 90 degrees every day. And um, he will not wear anything on his face or his head. Mm. So we, I made him be Han Solo and I was Princess Leia. <laughs> so we did that and it was so hot. That poor kid was sweating at the end of the night. It was so at least bad. you didn't make him like a Wookiee, you know? Like, oh, he yeah. would have been a lot hotter. <laughs> no, he, he would have been headless by the right. end of the night. Like he would, there, there's no mask or headpiece that he like can stand yet yet so i have to him. find i have to make a point of finding costumes that have nothing on on the, the head. head area <laughs> i love this goals for motherhood costumes for my child where the head is out that's perfect yep. that's basically me yeah all right Saida. well i want to know finally how we can connect with your journey so tell us how to find you in all well, the places as a photo obsessed person, I am all over Instagram. I know this sounds like a joke, but I run six different Instagram accounts. Uh, but the important ones are my personal one at Cytobarus and uh, my work one at Cytobarus Photography. They're like the ones you, you want to look at because the other ones, like, there's like one for my dog and one for my child and one for so yeah, so there's that. And um, I'm really, really bad at promoting myself. Like I don't, I'm not good at tooting my own horn, but it would truly be an honor if any of our listeners um, would follow along either on my work or my personal one, because like there's no better encouragement for an artist than like being able to share what we love with, with people who truly want to see it. Right. So yeah, that would be the way. There's a yeah. Facebook page too, but I don't update that. Um, I know. I have one too, and I have a hard time hanging out over yeah. there. So I get I, it. I, yeah, I stick to Instagram a lot. And guys, Zyda is the one that taught me when I visited her in Naples how to edit my Instagram photos. Because I was like, what? I see these filters, but I don't. You make yours look this way. And I don't know what I'm doing. And she's like, you see that other button you can push? You put, And I was like, oh, my whole world just opened up. Yeah, I, I don't touch I don't touch the filter. No, part. I don't I just either. go to the edit part. Right. This is a tool. Okay. Well, I feel like you've given us so many words of wisdom today. And I do feel like you answered my question, how can we encourage you? Which is by following your journey and also just supporting an artist's work. Um, yeah. is there any other way we can encourage your heart? No, anything like just Anything that, 
how do I put this? Just any like, any interaction, anything helps just to be, to feel seen, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard in a world that where like big, like careers and money making jobs are like what you're supposed to be. It's hard for artists to feel valued. So the interactions from people with your work are just like what fuels you to do it more. Yeah. So that's more, that would be more than enough for me. Just, just a follow. Just tell me, Hey, I came from Lindsay's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And look at all your beautiful adventures and guys, you'll never, um, you'll never leave Zytus space, not feeling encouraged and wanting to go out and have an adventure. You Um, are too good to me. No. It's because you're awesome. So thank you. I will always toot your horn for you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us today. Zaida, thank you for joining me on this podcast. It has just been a true delight to catch up with you today. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure and an honor like to be asked. Yeah. It really meant the world to me. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Lindsay, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Choosing Brave podcast with my dear friend, Zaida Berros. You can connect with me at Uplifting Anchor on Instagram and Facebook and get the show notes for this episode at upliftinganchor.com. We recorded this episode before the global COVID-19 pandemic, and I wanted to leave you with a quote I am finding inspiring right now, as you have heard, Zaida and I both love to travel, and one of my favorite books is At Home in the World by Tish Oxenreiter, and this has been giving me life and hope. So here's your drop of wisdom for this week. Tish writes, two opposing things can equally be true. Counting the days till Christmas doesn't mean we hate Halloween. I go to church on Sundays and still hold the same faith at the pub on Saturday night. I shamelessly play a steady stream of 80s pop music and likewise have an undying devotion to Chopin. And perhaps most significantly, I love to travel and I love my home. I feel like that is important to listen to right now as we all continue to love our people and love our homes well during this time. Keep choosing brave, everyone.